Welcome to Season 4 of the For Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we are going to explore the cultural trends of Gen Z. Why? As the church with a mission to make disciples, we want to discover how we can best connect with them, understand their unique challenges, and learn from them as we ultimately walk together towards Jesus. So, who are Gen Z? These are preteens and young adults born between 1997 and 2012, with an age range of 10 to 25, compared to millennials, with an age range of 26 to 41. Here are some cultural and historical touch points for reference. Most were born after 9-11. The oldest member of Gen Z was 7 when Facebook started and 10 years old when the first iPhone was launched. The youngest member of Gen Z was born when, the, when Marvel released the first Avenger movie, so 10 years ago. On this episode, we're going to explore hot trends, how they become popular and how they are shaping this generation today. We have three guests to share their thoughts and opinions. Please give us your name and age. Hi, I'm Kira, and I'm 20 years old. I'm uh, Ryan Wilcoxon, and I'm uh, 18. And I'm Kate Wallace, and I am also 18. Okay, so uh, to kind of prepare for this podcast, one of the things that I wanted to do was actually do a survey with your generation because I can, from the outside, think, well, I think this is hot, I think this is important, this is uh, something that's affecting your generation, but that would have been really naive and actually quite quite ignorant and arrogant probably. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, let's do a survey. So we actually did a survey with all the high schoolers here at Redemption Church Gateway. And um, quickly I saw that besides just general topics and artists and things that they're listening to, there were trends. There were things that were really kind of shaping and kind of moving through the culture that's kind of affecting you guys. So help us understand the older generations. Where do most of these trends come from? I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is social media, mm. but, um, yeah, I feel like they start typically, at least for me, um, or like what I've seen is they usually start with, um, like major influencers or, um, pop stars like Harry Styles, which we'll probably talk about later. But, um, yeah, I feel like it kind of trickles down from those people and then to kind of like micro influencers on TikTok and YouTube and then just the general populace, which also is on social media. Okay, so for those who are not familiar, what's a micro-influencer? Or let's, we talked a little bit about on, on another episode, but like what's an influencer and then what would be a micro-influencer? Um, at least in my terms, that's like, I, I don't know, I can't really say like followers, but it's just um, like a micro-influencer might be someone who has, I don't know, do you guys have like a range? I'd say like a popular channel that yeah. like on YouTube, but it's not as like blown up as like maybe musicians or totally. Yeah. Like yeah. Big makeup artists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. More personal, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it's followers too. Like I feel true. like influencers have a lot more followers and a lot more platforms that they go off of true. as micro influencers are more like on specific smaller apps like YouTube instead of like and TikTok and yeah, stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's true. That's a very good point. I think what defines influencer is um, mainly someone who just has their opinions or their thoughts and people listen and Mm -hmm. like they're affected by it. Yeah. And their opinion matters too. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who's listening to it. Well, what makes them so powerful though? I mean, because anybody now can make a video. I mean, I can make a video on how to wash a car or how to, 
optimize a website, but I mean, what is it? Is it something about the way they talk? Is it the content? Is it um, just the connecting with that personality? Like what, what draws you in? I'd say it's personality. I mean, mm-hmm. mostly I, I don't really interact with a lot of influencers, but what little that I can think of, it's mainly their personality that draws me to them. And by a product of me liking them, their opinion is now important to me. Important That's a good to me. point, yeah. I think it also depends on, like, what um, area it is in. Because I feel like for me, and this is so, it feels so, like, surface level, but I think it's just where our brains go. So if I want to watch, like, a skincare video or a beauty video makeup, I'm obviously going to gravitate towards people who are really pretty. Because I'm like, oh, mm. like, this makes sense, you know, to watch people that are really pretty if I want to look cute, you know. But then, yeah, if it's, like, funny content, you know, I don't really care what they look like. I just want them to have a good personality. Mm. So I guess it depends also on what you're looking for. Yeah. What yeah. what uh, social media guys on? I'm I'm on all of them, all of the above, pretty much. Um, like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Nice. nice. Yeah, not that I use all of them like a lot. Yeah. Are you seriously on Facebook? <laughs> everyone, yes. everyone tells me your generation's not on Facebook. Yeah, um, <laughs> my mom was like, "You should get Facebook. Like, you what? can follow all my friends." <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's funny. I don't use it though. There you go. Um. So do, do you get a sense that any of your friends or maybe even you personally feel like you're affected by these influencers or by the trends that are kind of populated or promoted within on social media? I think, yeah, like a hundred percent. Like there are some people that I follow. Like if I really like their fashion, I see myself like accidentally following yes. like their fashion trends. Um, if they're no matter like, influencer or not I feel like if I see somebody on socials and I'm like that is really awesome like where can I find stuff like that I find myself like automatically following after Mm. that totally totally yeah I mean for me it's music reviewers Mm. and they'll give like a really good review on an album or a song Mm. and even if I didn't like it or I'll at least like reconsider it and I might still not like it but at least like give it another try if they liked it or if it's just someone I've never heard of and they're like yo this is so hot I'd check it out totally yeah. So have you have you seen any of your friends negatively affected by some of these trends? I know there's there's obviously lots of news about the these weird TikTok challenges mm. when people are eating Tide Pods yeah. or what was it, were they sniffing cinnamon or something or I don't know. Like lots yeah, have ones. have you have you had any friends that have actually tried these and gotten hurt or done something stupid? I have. Oh actually. no. Yeah, there was this one trend on TikTok specifically um, that was the devious lick trend where people oh. were yes. stealing things yes. from bathrooms. Yeah. And I had people um, that I knew like stealing soap dispensers from the school bathrooms and oh my. toilets off of the yeah stalls and like just to be funny and like getting in a lot of trouble and oh my gosh. teachers like were having assemblies about it. Like it got pretty out of hand at one point. That's wow. crazy. It's so crazy. Like the influence it has. It's so wild. Well, what are what are they chasing? Is it the momentary fun? Is it is it they are they filming it and they want kind of to blow up on their own channels? Like, what's the draw besides just the the I guess the just the thrill of trying to do something crazy? I think it's notoriety. I mean, if you can say like, I mean, pretty much anyone in this generation, if you were to mention to them like, oh, I have. A, you know thousand plus followers on such and such website you would at least be a little impressed i mean maybe not like oh wow what an accomplishment but it would still be like wow that's that's above average you know right um 
and like I think no one really is look not no one but a lot not a lot of people are looking to be famous but I mean they wouldn't say no to being famous right yeah so there's a a big draw for and because now I mean almost anybody can has the ability to become famous mm-hmm. when I was back in high school like you had to write a hit song you had to or move to LA and be in a TV show or you had to throw a football or you know you had to do something kind of in the real world that uh, translated into some type of career. But now, if you are creative or crazy, you have the ability with your iPhone to, uh, to basically record yourself doing something or creating content, and you have the ability or the opportunity to become famous. Like, I actually read in an article there, there's people who are bypassing college to try to become, mm. you know, uh, TikTok influencers. Yeah, like what? So what? What more to the draw? Is it just to become famous? Like is that that's the whole identity draw? Yeah. So I was going to kind of add like this sounds so deep, but I feel like it's in in the minds of people who are you know consuming things. It's really not that deep. But um, I I feel like our generation has experienced so much social change, mm. and we've actually seen it happen. Like I feel like I remember times when people were um, actively speaking out about this stuff, and it was still really controversial. And now I'm already I feel like on the other side of it where it's completely normal conversation now like I feel like I'm just seeing so much social change Mm. and it's there's a lot of good things with that but I also feel like our generation we're almost kind of like a little generation of rebels in ways because Mm. we see what we can do if you just speak up and you change things Mm -hmm. and that can turn into like negative stuff too though because then you're thinking well I can just I can bend the rules I can I can do what I want and obviously consequences come with that. So you can't really do whatever you want. But I think in, in the minds of us, when we watch TikTok videos of people just doing stuff and, you know, they get like, yeah, notoriety or they, you know, they get some kind of benefit from it. We're like, well, I can do what I want. I can try that. I could steal a toilet from a bathroom. Yeah. And-, and once they have done it once and blow up or like have a viral video, then they, yeah. let's say like they stole a soap dispenser and they blow up, they're going to do it again. Oh no. Right. But bigger that time. Totally. And try and get more content out and mm-hmm. follower count and stuff. Absolutely. I think on the more like creator side, I think for some people it's being able to live off something they're passionate about. Because mm-hmm. you can get famous off of pretty much anything just if you, have a, if you have a hobby. I mean, there's one person I know who streams on Twitch, them picking up trash from the side of the street. <laughs> and they get a lot of watchers every time they do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's being able to... Do something that you love, that you're passionate about, and just live off of that without the, I mean, before the internet, could you really imagine someone, like, making a living off of... Videos. Like, yeah, like, or, like, like cleaning cars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, not the videos of Yes, cars. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would seem like a dead-end job, whereas now, like, there are people who are deep-cleaning cars, which Love is so satisfying. So exactly. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> and you yeah, can make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. Totally. Are there other other ways that people are using the social platforms to generate or create trends, whether it be fun trends or serious trends? I, I think that you have to be like a little bit ahead of the curve. There's like a one percent of people who are just able to predict what's next, or they just have such a polarizing or attractive personality or just form of content where the next thing they do is going to be huge. Mm. Like, um, I think Joji, who was previously Filthy Frank, was kind of one of those people, or like iDubs. Um, what kind of content did they make? Um, 
it's hard to describe and probably not. Um, I mean, it's our generation, so it's not appropriate to describe completely, but um, just whatever they, like, at a certain point, whatever they did was hot for a while. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of people who are just so ahead of the curve or they're just so polarizing that, I mean, whatever they do is going to be big. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good example. Any other personalities that come to mind of people who are kind of seem to be ahead of the curve in terms of making content or creating trends? I mean, this is, I feel like this is actually not new. So people from your generation might really understand this. But I feel like at least to me, like the content I'm consuming, it's people that seem like they have their lives together. So you watch their videos and you're like, oh, okay, you know, the aesthetic is on point and, you know, they're they're organized, they're waking up early, mm. they're going to the gym, you know, whatever it is. That's more like lifestyle videos. I, I you know, I consume those, I would say more than like most other stuff. But um, yeah, that's, I feel like people are drawn to those people. And when they make trends, it's, you know, at least people like me are like, I'm gonna hop on that because mm -hmm. they're obviously, mm -hmm. they have their life together. I want to have my life together, you know, so I'm gonna try that, you know, they, they're making this really good salad or they're, <laughs> you know, trying this new workout. So yeah. And sometimes it's not even like trends of doing things. It's just like realizing like, oh, getting up early and eating a good breakfast and working out is healthy and I want to yeah. be healthy and seeing those people like have their lives kind of changed throughout all of their videos and then being like, Oh, like I can do that too. Like as a motivational way of influencing totally. people, like culture yeah. changes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. True. Well, one thing we've talked about on other episodes and just also me looking at it from afar is the speed at which these things happen. So there was the little miss thing that happened a couple of weeks ago where people were kind of making their own little, little miss memes. And it, it came fast. Like all, then all of a sudden I started seeing all these other brands jumping on. I saw Harkins theater doing a little miss yep. thing. I saw the UFC doing a little miss thing. So you can tell what I follow. Um, and, but then it, it then it left. Yeah. So um, that, that feels like so different than when, I was in high school. Mm. Talk about the speed at which stuff is coming at you or, or things will blow up and then kind of go away because yeah, let's, let's talk about that. The speed at which these trends happen. I Do you feel like it's fast. Maybe oh, you don't think it's fast. I think what makes it interesting is that I think from an outside perspective, it feels so fast because trends come in and out. They really do so mm -hmm. fast. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like just a week mm -hmm. or even a day yep. or maybe oh, a month. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But for what what's kind of different or a little more um, subtle about it is that the form that it comes to you or maybe just something that's a little bit more broad as a trend will last for a long time. Yeah. And some maybe some more specific ones like Rick Astley, mm -hmm. his video. I mean, his that has stayed <laughs> relevant this entire time. Totally. Yep. But, you know, so even just some people who give, you know, who hop on trends, they last whereas the actual trend itself doesn't. Okay, the people's actually such a good point cuz I was just thinking I was like to me the trends that die really quick are the trends that get taken over by the out crowd if that makes mm. sense or like, the brands. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's kind of like so like if Rick Astley if so the for the people who aren't listening it's um the guy who does the you never know gonna never going to give you up yeah and it's become a meme if the out crowd, which I don't even know who that would be, but just, you know, people that maybe the in crowd doesn't like, I guess they, <laughs> they were to take that meme and be like, oh, this is so funny now. Then the in crowd is like, well, we don't want that anymore because the out crowd just took it from us. But so far it's, it's stayed in, in the in crowd. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is about that song or just about that form of meme, but it's, it's been around since the early days of the internet. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, yeah. Pretty much since that song. Songs from the eighties. Yeah. yeah. I would. 
Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean... It's, it's got lasted, some shelf life. It's Definitely. lasted this entire time. Kate, yeah. Kate, you need to write a song that's going to last <laughs> at least two, two to three decades. I mean, if There's you can do that, pressure. a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're rooting for you. Yep. Yeah, but I also, I think um, going off of the Little Miss meme especially, like, I think... Um, the people that if you're following a lot of people and then you see them all doing it, mm. it kind of just is a, it just spreads so oh, quickly wow. because True. the people that you follow, they're posting it on their story. And then you're like, Oh, I like that. And you can click on what they posted and find it yourself. And then you're scrolling through the little miss memes and finding one that relates oh, wow. to you. Right. And then you're posting it. And then people are going on that. And it's just the whole little miss. And just everyone crazy. was posting them for like, so long because everyone you're following is doing it and it just right. spreads like a wildfire pretty much. Yeah. Right. So I want to talk about one trend and, but I, I need to set it up a little bit and it, it really ties in well to this kind of speed thing. So back in the eighties, uh, you could pretty much look at people in high school and you could tell what kind of music they listened to mm. by what they wore. Yep. Yep. And, and that, fashion stayed around for a, like a decade. Yeah. So if you were really into rock, you had, um, you know, high, high top shoes and jeans and concert t-shirts and you wore your hair long. If you were into hip hop, you had chains and you had the kind of loud baggy pants and yeah. the boots, you know, if you're goth, everything was black and you <laughs> listened to Depeche Mode, shout out to my people. So, but, and, and, but it lasted a long time. It lasted yeah. like through the whole eighties. But now That's like crazy. I see you, I, you know, I would drop you guys off at high school yeah. or I see high schoolers here and I'm like, I don't think I would know what kind of music they listen to. Like they could right. listen to country Western, but they look dressed preppy or, you know, that person looks kind of gothy, but then I find out that they're really into Harry Styles. So it's, it, mm. so are we going to be able to look back and go, this is the fashion trends of, uh, you know, the 2020s. Mm. Are we going to be able to do that? Because things go so fast for you guys and things have changed. So talk a little bit about fashion like what's hot now? I remember a couple of years ago, I'd ask Kira, I'm like, why is everyone wearing white Vans? She's like, well, yeah, that's that just, a- that's the trend. I'm like, you know, so yeah. how long like did the white Vans thing last? And then kind of what, what's the hot trends right now around fashion? Um, well, the white Vans, I don't really know. I think there's always like a white <laughs> sneaker that's really popular. Mm, there always. was the, um, the Air Forces for a while, yep. the Reeboks, all that type of Nikes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, New Balance. Yeah, yes. yeah, true. Actually, yeah, Making a comeback for oh dads. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now models though they they they're wearing the New Balances. Yes, um, they're all back yes. right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's big. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so hard because I've honestly thought about this too because I love like the themed parties where it's you know seventies, eighties, yeah. early two thousands. And I'm like, well, I would love to do that when I'm older to do it. You know, with my like when I grew up, I think that'd be fun. But I don't even know. Yeah, if we would have that, something so kind of stark and iconic for our generation. Um, to me, I actually think that that whole like classification of, you know, the kind of the type of person, I feel like that's where we're going to be able to rest on our trends. Because for for um, models in L.A., there is a style, there's a fashion, there are pieces that you know they're wearing. Um, for like the sad indie boys that are, you know, skating in like abandoned um houses or whatever i don't know what they're doing <laughs> like you you like that's a style that you can put together i feel like mm-hmm. but on the whole like what is the 20s i 
don't know. Could you guys think of something for us? Kate, what do you think? What's the fashion of uh, today? Man, I I don't even know. I feel like everybody's at least here, like in the high school especially, I feel like a lot of people are wearing the same things. Yeah. Um, like there are a lot of staple pieces that everyone's wearing. Um, right. Like mom jeans are a comeback yeah, now and yeah. everyone is wearing mom jeans. Um, and like, like you'll go to a high school and half of the people will look the exact same. And honestly, oh, yeah. it kind of makes me a little bit sad because <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we were in the times where you could dress like um, how you listen to music because like I would never be able to tell now and I it's kind of sad like people are losing their individuality I feel like especially right. in high school by the way they're dressing like they're not expressing themselves to the fullest they just want to look like everyone else because that's what like the models in LA are doing or right. the people on social media are doing and they mm. just want to look like them and then everybody wants to look like everybody and right. <laughs> it's just different I think Ryan what's the fashion trend from your eye your perspective well, so I don't know a whole lot about like fashion specifically, but in terms of like what people look like as it relates to, you know, how they consume media is so hard to predict. Not completely, but I mean, if you look at somebody, there's so much intersectionality of culture that you'll find someone who's like, I know exactly what you listen to. And then they just flip it. And the funny this this actually happened to me in real life where I was at work and I saw a group of friends that were sitting and eating together and I told my coworker I know exactly what video games they play. In fact, I know that they're going to hang out tonight and play Super Smash Bros. I know that for a fact and that I know that that one kid is really good at the game. Uh-huh. Because the clothes that they were wearing and what they looked like mm. looks exactly like the kind of guy who would. Yeah. And I know this is awkward, but I took the chance and I Went up to them and I asked them, do any of you guys play Super Smash Bros? Yeah. And I think, like, one guy was like, yeah, I'm, I might have played that maybe once. <laughs> oh, and, like, I was like, okay, do you guys play, like, any video games? I was thinking, like, maybe there, there's there's a, there's still a wide broad that I, or a broad group that I was thinking of. Yeah. And none of the video games that I was thinking of or, like, trends, I they barely even mentioned any video games. That's really They men- mainly mentioned, like, card games. And I was I, there's no way. Right. I was so confused. You were thrown. It's so I was misleading. very thrown. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, were, I, were, were you triggered? <laughs> uh, no. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Drop one for a bad dad joke. So, um, All right. So anything else in regards to kind of uh, fashion that uh, seems to be a hot trend or, like, how parents can – and best understand kind of how, what their kids are, are shopping for or mm-hmm. what, what they want to wear. I honestly think eighties are just making a comeback. Yeah, like Go in 80s. the fullest, like <laughs> mom jeans and um, scrunchies were in for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, uh, I've seen a lot of influencers on TikTok bringing rollers back yeah. um, and doing like the Jennifer wow. Aniston hairstyle from the eighties. Like totally. that's totally super in. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2090s stuff. Like all that yeah. older 80s to 2000s for sure. Super Anything in there. Yeah. Like it's all coming back, I think. So Absolutely. do the algorithms know you? Like when you start looking at fashion or you start looking at music reviews or you start, start looking at uh, home decor, I mean, like as soon as you start, you know, looking at something uh, like some kind of trend or some something that it seems interesting, as soon as you click on it or anything, like, it just starts feeding it back to you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like not as much with me. It's like really? sometimes it is, but sometimes yeah. it isn't. But okay. more of the stuff I'm watching, yeah. I don't okay. Think. Yeah. Okay. 
That's what do you guys I think? Like, um, at least to me, that's why I feel like everyone has, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening have have heard of this because I feel like this has been talked a lot about by older generations and articles and things. But our generation has such a um, everybody has to have like their specific brand and their like specific identity, you know. So it's like, you know, I I, I couldn't really think of an example right now, but you know, they listen to this music and they wear these clothes, but it's that's like not a type of person that's just them. Like they're that kind of person, Mm. but it's because of how specific our feeds get, you know? And so you get like all, all kinds of things from all the things you're interested in, but that's your feed and it just feels super specific to you. It's like a perfectly curated thing, Mm. which makes you feel like you're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's me. It gets so specific. I mean, I'm, I'm a big music listener and I also watch a lot of anime. And so I'll get recommendations for even content that's, like mixing two different things I never thought it was. Like mm-hmm. I, I would see like um like, you know, compilations of anime clips set to like Kanye music or whatever. Or like right. you know, different clips describing albums by people that I like or it it's it's weird. It's kinda creepy, yeah. And That's I think strange. it gets even to the point where I'm like on Snapchat or Instagram and I'm getting ads for those things too. Yeah. Like yeah. like if I saw like a new pair of shoes I liked, like I would see them on TikTok and I'd like it and then they would come up on my Snap. Exactly. Like as an ad and it's just, it's kind of creepy, but it is, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there, do you feel like these feeds are helping you to, uh, uh, you know, build your identity? Are they hurting your identity? Is it, do you, I mean, like what's the influence of kind of how these algorithms seems to kind of just be curating lots of content for whatever you're interested in, but like in terms of your identity, when you leave the house or you take a picture of yourself, like how much of the, the, uh, the content you're consuming is really sticking and manifesting itself into your fashion or into kind of just your persona. Um, I think for me, this is maybe a really, really awful analogy, but I've always really thought about it like this. That, um, you know how we kind of look back and we laugh because um, doctors used to prescribe patients like, you know, go take a smoke, you know, like go go smoke a cigarette because it'll like calm your nerves or, you know, there are certain benefits to it. And then eventually we're like, well, maybe that's probably not the best for you long term. That's how I kind of see like TikTok and these kinds of trends and stuff. Mm. Day to day, I'm like, this is really motivating for me. I love this outfit. I I see more of it on my Pinterest or whatever. And I'm like, mm. yeah, that's super cute. Um like, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm building this kind of identity, the type of clothes I like and, and the vibes that I like, For whatever. Sure. I'm like, oh, this is cool day to day. But then over the long period of time, I think it's really, I'm like, dang, I, I, I kind of just want to live day to day. I don't want to have to worry about like, what is my identity? What is my fashion? Who am I, you know, with what I wear? Like sometimes I just wish I could just put something on and be like, well, you know, if I mm-hmm. look like a different kind of person, then that's totally fine. It's not even a different kind of person. It's just the clothes I own, you know? Yeah. Or even like changing your schedule, like based on what you're seeing on social media of these people that like have a specific schedule or have like a workout or like recipes and you're like trying to do different ones every day or like trying to form your own habits. And it's just so hard to like just randomly throw new things in because you're seeing these other people do them and it works for them, but it might not work for you. But you're not really thinking through that in the moment. You're just like, oh yeah, like let's throw in like one workout a day. And then you're like, this is awful. I hate this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Right. It's yeah, just no, different exactly. for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I find that the, you know, 
the capital A algorithm is just so frustrating because mm. on the one hand, I, I'm happy that I'm getting content that I want. I want, right. I want to see these things. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they literally know that I want to see this. Mm. I want to watch that. However, the whole purpose of the algorithm is to keep you on, to sell you things and to just lock you in Mm -hmm. for as many hours as they can. And I don't want that. It works. Yeah. Yeah. It It works. works. (laughs) And I don't want that. And it hurts so bad. Your screen, your screen time will go up and you'll see the, (laughs) you'll see the notification. Oh, don't look at your screen time. 13%. And I'm like, dang it. Kate, you said something and, and, Ryan, and well, I think all three of you kind of allude to this. Is there a, a certain level of anxiety that takes place when you see all this content, you see all these expectations, the workout, the, you know, the music, whatever it is. And you're like, I can't live up to all this because it looks amazing. And I tried that workout. It didn't work out. Mm. Or I see that fashion. I can't buy that or mm-hmm. I can't fit into that or, mm. you know, whatever. Is, is there a level of anxiety that also comes with the... Enjoying the algorithm? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, I think um, there's definitely that aspect of people that are like, oh, I see this all over my TikTok or all over my Instagram and I want to be like that. And they're trying, but they can't. And it just makes them feel less than. Um, And Mm. like, I've been there for sure where I'm like, I really wish that could be me, but it's not. Um, And I would just encourage people at that point to, remember where their identity lies and like ground themselves because you're not going to be like them and you're not going to like be able to mirror their lifestyle or their fashion. Um, and that's just, you're a different person. Like you're going to have to make your own like schedule and stuff. And if you're basing that much of who you are off of social media and those people, like maybe like do a little break and kind of like find yourself and be like, okay, this is who I am. I'm not ever going to be them. Like right. just take a step back Go at for your own sure. Pace. Yeah. 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 Totally. There's just so many skills and things that I wish I had mm. or things that I wish I could do. And mm-hmm. it's just me. I gotta. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Only do what you can do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, I don't magically gain a skill just cause I see it. I just mm-hmm. got to learn it and that's frustrating. But or you just wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And just got to work at it. So one other trend that popped up uh, was tattoos. Mm. Um, that seems to be a pretty hot trend. Uh, I don't know if that is also being promoted by the algorithm. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, okay, I'm getting a big head nod. Um, everyone's got tattoos, it feels like. Um, how did it happen? What do you see? Again, is it is it social media that's driving a lot of this? Um, tell me. Tell us. Tell us what you – tell us what's in your in your brains about tattoos and – I think it's, I mean, it's literally the most, one of the most individual things you can do. Yeah. And it sets you apart because this is a permanent mark. This sets me apart as a person. Even if you have the same tattoo as somebody, I mean, it's either in a different spot or the fact that you have the same one makes you two together different from the other 7 billion people. Mm-hmm. And making yourself permanently individual is, and, and identifying that with something that you enjoy mm. is, um, I think That's culturally huge. relevant, culturally yeah. Le- relevant. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's self-expression, like you said. I mean, I feel like if that's the point of social media you know you put all that stuff out there of stuff you like and stuff you want to identify with and then there's an opportunity to show that not only with what you wear but also what's on your skin 
I mean, I feel like that's, I feel like that's big. I, th- I think people are really jumping on that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a common trend of like, um, at least for me, like tattoos, like meaning something like being so meaningful to you and you just want to like have that on you for the rest yeah. of your life. Like as a source of individuality, as you guys were saying, like, I feel like mine just have so much meaning and having them so close that they're literally on my skin, yeah. like is just something so special for me. So um, and I think some people abuse that in a way of like, they just look cool. I'm going to put on my body, which is great also. But sure. for me, I feel like mine are just so like that. They make me who I am, like what I look like. Yeah. And I just love that. That is cool. Yeah. So I thought of something that I hadn't thought of before. We On another episode, we talked about the power of memes and how mm. much kind of cultural and context that's kind of wrapped around this visual element. Yeah. Could there be a connection between the the interest and excitement around tattoos because there is um, that other layer of contextual kind of meaning around an image. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's going back to that, like individual being specific. You know, if you get that meme, you're a part of a specific group, you are a specific kind of person. Mm. If you have this tattoo, you know, you're a specific kind of person. It's all about, you know, just, yeah, being an individual, I think. I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can really think of. I think memes are, Honestly, I would say they're even more than just images. I mean, I know I probably wasn't there for the meme discussion, but um, I mean, they're probably the most ef- one of the most effective ways to communicate a message. Yeah. And they just burn into your brain. And yeah, I was going to say they're like ingrained in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 True. And um, tattoos do a similar thing where, I mean, someone looks at a tattoo and they know something about you very personal. Mm, so or true. Even if it means nothing, that very clearly, you know, yeah. it communicates something about yeah. you that you're willing to put something meaningless mm. on right, your body like right. true just yeah. as a joke yeah for sure I interesting think, i think um people like memes specifically like i feel like if you tried to communicate something to somebody in like a regular sentence or like any form of other communication they might not take it like or like think about it as deeply as they would trying to figure out a meme so or like trying to like um, interpret what it means and then it yeah. kind of they're like oh yeah I figured out what it means but now I can't forget it instead of yes. just like a text you know totally. I, that's why it's like definitely an effective way of communication for sure. there's a surprising amount of layers to memes in terms of irony mm. and just oh, yeah. cultural relevant cultural rev- relevance yeah. relevance well I, I know we use uh, teams uh, which is a messaging platform for for uh, our organization and sometimes a gif is the the best answer like yes. so you get off a meeting and it was frustrating <laughs> a, a gif of like from something from the office mm. with uh you know dwight scowling yeah. it just is perfect then saying that that meeting was horrible right it's like oh i'm gonna send this gif because it's it just hits it perfect absolutely um one of the other big trends on the little more serious um was uh the i guess the rise of the and comfort of talking about sexuality and, and gender, uh, uh, LGBTQ plus. Um, so again, do you see that this? And I don't want to call it a trend because it can feel like it's demoralizing or, or derogatory. But there does seem to be a rise in the comfort of your generation to talk about sexuality that's very different than our generation. Talk a little bit about that. Is it because social media? Is it because the ability to communicate and and open up with maybe a little bit of anonymity or just 
or just feeling more comfortable on a social platform compared to talking to someone face to face. But mm-hmm. talk a little bit about just kind of this this movement of being able to share. Yeah, um, I feel like um, specifically on TikTok, people can a hide their face. Um, B, have a certain follower count that they only can see their videos. Um, And I feel like being able to talk about it on a social platform and then seeing influencers supporting that kind of then um, gives the message to the other people that they are free to talk about it. And then it kind of spreads as like this whole movement of like, now's the time to talk about it, uh, like as a collective culture. And um, I think it's really good that people are comfortable speaking about it um after a while i think and it being a big like movement of people are starting to like um discuss it with each other and learn about it more and how it works and who people are and all that different stuff Mm. yeah i I think that's part of that is a really good thing because i mean Mm. the bible isn't shy shy about sex at all right Yeah. yeah and i think being able to be comfortable about talking about it as opposed to maybe in the uh, earlier or mid 20th century Mm. where, I mean, it's a taboo even just to talk about sex in general. For sure. And, you know, much less, you know, not, you know, heteronormative sex. Right. And now being able to talk about it and converse about it is great. Mm. And that, like, if I, I just don't have to, you don't have to feel like you have to, you know, cover it up or anything. Whereas, I mean, that can have negative effects as well because people who really feel that way or, actually have you know just not heteronormative feelings is it can be negatively affected by the amount of people that just have a certain like a a certain impulse and act on it and make it their whole identity Mm -hmm. it can be reductive in a way yeah i think on the lines of like how it's become so comfortable um like you said earlier things move so quickly that i think um it's just so quickly become something so comfortable because we've reached the point where not only are we having these like really good dialogues and it's like, Ooh, yeah, let's talk about, you know, our experiences, which that still is happening because I think there's still people that, um, need to talk about that stuff. And I think there's still spaces where it's not welcome and people are trying to change that. But I mean, there are spaces in my, in my life and I'm sure your guys's life where, you know, it's funny. And, and, and people from your generation might be like, Oh, isn't that supposed to be offensive? Like that's, you guys Mm. are telling us that that's offensive. Well, like, well, it's, we had the conversations, we had the important talks about what's, you know, what people's experiences were and the problems that are going on mental health too. And so now it it can be a joke. We can laugh about it. We can enjoy Mm -hmm. it because we understand it. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's also part of why we are so comfortable with it because it's just, I mean, it's evolved so quickly. Yeah, the dark humor too, like people using their trauma to like be funny and people just automatically support it. But um, I think that's a really great thing about our generation is how inclusive we've become Mm. of each other, um, especially on socials, because I feel like um, maybe the generations before have kind of maybe shunned that or like not talked about it enough or been not as inclusive yet i'm seeing in this generation like everybody loving everyone most of the time um it more than not um and wanting to include each other and talk about these different things yeah Yeah. it's interesting because how and i was thinking about the whole idea of cancel culture Mm -hmm. 
and but flipping it on its head when when in the 80s or 90s if you were a musician or an actor and it came out that you were gay or lesbian yeah. it was like the death of your career yeah. wow yeah and you got canceled because of your sexuality yeah nowadays it's like if you say something homophobic or transphobic um you can be canceled yeah. Yeah. but it's completely flipped so it it's it's so different and you mentioned about that you guys are your generation seems to be more comfortable of of talking and having humor. I know I've said things around the dinner table, and you guys just like uh, are laughing at me yeah. because I'm like, "What did I say? I didn't think I said anything offensive, or I, right. I didn't think I said anything controversial." And you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that word or whatever." <laughs> I'm like, I don't what word did I just say? Like right. I so. I, it, there is a, a level of communication that you guys have that I think, I think there's a, a, a curse and a, a and a blessing is that you have this open dialogue, which is yeah. great, especially around this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, it's just, it, it, do you have a sense that there's oversharing? Because mm-hmm. like our generation, like we didn't talk, we didn't share as much as you guys. So you guys share right. about a lot of things going on in your life and in your brain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, is there oversharing? From some people, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know if I have many thoughts on this. You guys go. I, I think oversharing is an issue, yes. <laughs> I think the main trouble I have is that it's mainly young people who are having these discussions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not – I obviously I am young, and I think I am intelligent mostly. But, I mean, young people aren't exactly known for being wise. And so being able to include – Older generations, which is something that younger generations have never been able to do well, mm-hmm. being able to include them and accept their advice and their um, wisdom is super rare. And I think it's a good thing to accept that and listen to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I think there's a lot of really frustrating um, issues that comes with older generations giving their opinions. Yeah. But um, I think some of the most fruitful conversations I've ever had have been with older people that are genuinely understanding or trying to understand of, you know, our issues and speaking real wisdom into that while also accepting that I'm young and, you know, that I'm different, but I mean, there's a timeless wisdom, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like at the same time, there's a negative kind of side to that um, where there are people, um, oversharing or just sharing um, on social media. And then there's a side of people that like, if you say anything that maybe upsets them, maybe like not on purpose even, or like says something maybe controversial to what their video is about, like the whole comment section and like all those people are going to, are going to cancel you Yeah, because I don't think people really like our generation, like sometimes there are specific people that just don't want to listen to each other. And so like, if you have a different opinion than somebody that has more followers than you and you say something controversial, like you're, you're canceled. Like, right. And I think that's definitely the negative side of cancel Mm. culture. So, um, one of the, one of the thoughts that I've been thinking about is, is, is the influence of social media around at the LGBTQ uh, plus movement. Do you think there, so your, your generation is free to talk about it, but do you feel like kids are being exposed to conversations too early? Are they, are they almost being, um, 
forced to think about something that they're not really not really ready to, you know, like if you have preteens who haven't even gone through puberty and they're watching videos that say you need to figure out what gender mm. or your, who you're attracted to, do you think right. that there's a, a negative there? Like that, For that's, sure. that's the theory I've been kind of wrestling 100%. with. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel Help. like preteens, if they're being fed all of that information, um, I feel like preteens, especially maybe even early teenagers, like have always, I feel like I did. I had that yeah. problem where I'm like, I feel like something's wrong with me. Like, am I yeah. doing something wrong? Like, am I in the right spot? Am I with the right people? Mm-hmm. And social media nowadays, like if you're feeling insecure about yourself, they automatically jump on like, what's your sexuality? Yeah. Like, is that why you're uncomfortable? Right. Like, are you who you're supposed to be? Like that kind of thing. And I think the negative effect is then they're like, oh yeah, you're right. And then explosion, I yes. think. And people just kind of jump on it. Yeah. Um, like preteens especially like I'm uncomfortable with myself not because I'm awkward and I'm going through puberty but maybe like what's my sexuality like I don't know anymore like yeah great one yeah thoughts yeah I think um there's just so much exposure to um inappropriate Mm. and um just so much I mean there's just so much exposure the internet is open to everyone and that includes very young children Mm. and um and it's not just content, but it's also just people. I mean, mm-hmm. if a kid, uh, I, this is not to say that you should be afraid of letting your kids on the internet, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the kid is not careful and they go on, you know, a Discord server, say, and they, I mean, what cave uh, for those that don't know what is sorry. Discord? That's uh, okay. No, D- Discord is a messaging You're- app. Um, there's a lot of public, you know, quote unquote servers where. Um, for different interests or communities just to get together. So it would be a server, be like a message board for those who are Gen Z, who are Gen X, who know what I'm talking about? A little bit, yeah. 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 And so like... Or a subreddit. Yeah. So like if yeah. you're if you're interested in like Roblox, I mean, there's Roblox Discord servers, but there's a lot of older people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are kids getting exposed to pornography. They're mm-hmm. you know, being groomed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's... And language. Yeah. And language and just... It's it's that, but it's also just even things that might even be positive, but just aren't the right time. Like you were saying, yeah. just all just rushing in to for kids that is just really harmful. Yeah. Once again, not to say that you know the internet should be a banned place for kids, but just that a you know a, a more careful watch might be warranted mm, for sure. Yeah, I do want to add something really quickly on that, on that, um, especially for parents because. As much as, yeah, there should be lots of caution and thinking through these things. And like we said, that that information can be really negative and harmful. But at the same time, I feel like there's this myth that like your generation dad might really kind of think through or even younger generations, I think, have this like misconception that um, having your younger kids exposed to um, LGBTQ experiences and stories will make them gay or lesbian (laughs) and I think that's really ridiculous I think that's really naive and so um yeah I would just say like for parents to really be cautious because Mm -hmm. I I think that's a naive worldview to think that just because they're exposed that will make them that way like um like you said like that's Mm -hmm. I think it's um something that makes them question a lot more and can really like yeah. amplify insecurity. So yeah. again, like just caution, but yeah. cause it's good to have exposure to a certain extent. Yeah. But if it's like them to the point where they're like, 
just so confused and they don't have anybody explaining it to them. Right. I feel like if there's not like a strong voice in their life that is yes. telling them the truth and if they're just watching this and then they're overthinking it and then yeah. they're taking it to an extreme level, then I think it's a little bit more dangerous. Totally. Well, you, Kate, you stole my thunder because that, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going to go. And like, yeah. like if a, if a parent is not engaged yeah. with their kids and having those conversations and asking really fun questions and being curious, mm-hmm. how is a, a, a distant or not engaged parent going to compete with social media? Yeah. No, they're, yeah. they're going to lose every yeah. time. They're going to yeah. cling to the social yes. media yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. And I think Ryan kind of talking about in terms of just, it, it's, it, it is, can be a dangerous, scary place, but it can be used if you use it appropriately. Yeah. Having conversations with your kids like, Hey, mm-hmm. what sites are you on? Or like, Hey, what are you watching on YouTube? Or like, Hey, you know, show me what you're watching on, you mm-hmm. know, on Snapchat or, yeah, or yeah. TikTok. And, um, and there's a chance to be kind of curious and have fun with it. But mm-hmm. also there's an opportunity like, Hey, you know, this, this feels maybe a little, you know, off brand or, or, or not, or not right or, exactly. or dangerous. So, right. yeah. And I um, feel like having those conversations with like your kids, um, before socials, like having them understand the different trends and, like explaining LGBTQ and explaining all yeah. of these different controversial mm. topics before they go and find them all through social media. So they can kind of differ in their own brain. Like, Oh, this I agree with, like, you know, like yeah. having their own opinion before they can form everyone else's opinion. on yes. social media. That's a great point. Yeah. Cause if, if the internet is teaching your kids about sex, you have a problem. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's no good. One of the other topics, and and we'll probably sh- spend a little less time on this one, but because um, I think we're going to dedicate more of an episode to it. But uh, mental health, there seems to be a rise, and also uh, celebrities, actors, musicians being way more comfortable of talking about it, rapping about it, sharing about it in their lives, which is very different than the older generations. If you struggled with depression or anxiety in my generation, you didn't say anything. Like you may have want gone to a therapist, but for the most part, you bottled it up or you may have told a friend, but that was about it. But you kept it to yourself. Mm -hmm. But now like influencers, artists, musicians, they are all really. So again, help us understand like, what is it uh, that's allowing these artists to be that this open? I think it's just people who, and like just brave people, honestly, that are trying Mm. to like make social change. Um, cause one thing why I kind of want to touch on this for the LGBTQ, but also mental health really quickly is that, um, even though they're really common topics and we're saying that we're really comfortable with it, I will say for people struggling with mental health or, you know, they're feeling really insecure about being gay or lesbian, it is still, I would say almost just as hard to talk about it with your close family and friends because I mean, there's a public space on the internet, but, um, I don't want to say that it's still not hard to talk about. So, um, you make a very good point. Yeah. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to point that out, but, um, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just brave people that have taken, um, a stand and started talking about it and that encouraged other people to start talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. If I might, I quickly on that point, you kind of went on talking about with your family. Um, your family is so close to your identity. They know you so well just by being around you that like. It's, it would be so you're you're so nervous to talk about a change in that identity. Absolutely. Mm. Whereas, like you know, if you so, meet someone on the internet, they're like, "I don't know who you are." So <laughs> yeah. if you say something about your identity, identity, that's the first thing I'm learning about it. So right. great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
but um, you know, your family, they've known you for so long and it's like, but you've, you've been, you've been a yeah. boy all your life. I mean, yeah. why are you a girl now? Or like, right. you've been so happy. Like, what do you mean yeah. you're depressed? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Yeah. 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 And I feel like also like there are um, musicians and actors and kind of those bigger names that have taken more of a stand of um, talking about mental health and um, making it known that it's okay. Um, and I think then people are kind of seeing the people they look up to accepting, um, like working through mental health and like talking about it. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, I feel a little bit safer yes. or like, um, more accepted talking about my mental health mm. with totally. whatever crowd, like you guys were saying. But, so yeah. bravery and also validation that it's yes. okay to talk about this. Definitely. Yeah. There was a, a UFC fighter after a fight recently who, um, in his post fight interview basically said, Hey, I had a friend who took his own life and he, he needed to talk to friends and he was like telling the crowd and anyone that was on the, the, you know, the telecast, like, Hey, if you are struggling, you need to talk to your friend. And it was more around men. He's like, men, you need to talk to your buddy. You need to cry on your shoulder. You need to tell him what's going on because this is horrible. And so I was like, blown away i'm like yeah. this guy just won a ufc fight and, <laughs> yeah. and he's talking about mental health and yeah. i was like that's that's just uh that's brave yeah I and, really love but he that. felt validated that he could say that on a big stage like that yeah. and, and i'm sure it influenced a lot of people oh too, absolutely. huge yeah, that's, that's cool mm-hmm. so um church leaders um whether it be um elders or pastors or j- even just um you know uh, older men and women who are leading within the church how should we think about these trends? How can we best love you guys, understand you guys, but also um, shepherd you in a way that you know continues to point you to Christ as you guys are just swimming in this trend, you know, the sea of trends and information? How how can we shepherd you and love you? You don't have to understand it. I I, I think yeah, that's a good. <laughs> well, we will never understand. <laughs> yeah, it. but just you know, validating and saying like. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah. you don't have to, you know, nitpick and say, I don't, I don't believe in that. Like, I don't mm. agree with that. Just interesting, yeah. you know, take, you know, subtle, subtle interest. You don't need to understand everything about it, but just, you know, well, you, you darn kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, just, you know, believing in your kids and trusting them. Like if, if you trust them, they'll trust you to talk to, t- talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being willing to say like, Hey, like maybe some of these parts of the trend we should talk about, but um, just I know you well, and we have been able to talk about things in the past. I trust that you're able to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And if you think that a kid isn't able to navigate that, just talk about it and don't like chastise them, but you know have a real conversation about yeah. it instead of you know talking at them. I feel like telling them like it's okay to feel like this, like asking them why, like not like intrusive questions, but making like getting them to trust you by validating Mm. like how they're feeling, I think definitely is the biggest point. Totally. Yeah. Just lots of conversation, I would say. Um, And then also, um, especially for like church leaders and stuff, I would say kind of on the other side of things, um, I feel like our generation is known as like the, oh my gosh, mental health, you guys are all depressed and anxious Mm. and you're stuck to your phones. And, 
I think I would like older people to not think that so much. <laughs> um, because, it, yeah, okay, to an extent, it's true. Mental health is a big problem, and we are stuck to our phones, and, like, these are things we need to work, to, like, work through. But I, I really want older people to still like respect us and respect our opinions and yeah like validate you know what we're going through and and but not see us as just like the depressed generation you know like it's real it's yeah uh, yeah yeah but just don't exaggerate it or I guess like try to I don't know try to yeah try to be curious and have conversations with with real people and don't try to generalize too much but I guess Mm. everybody generalizes especially like based on social media generalizing it yeah (laughs) yeah so without naming any names any any times uh, that you felt like the church leadership uh, just kind of got it wrong or, or just older generations besides just, you know, you, you guys are all depressed and anxiety and on your phones, but like, where have we done it wrong? Like what, what, where's an area where we can ask for forgiveness or look to improve kind of the way that we love and understand you guys? I think, honestly, I think this church has done a pretty good job. Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, that might sound biased coming from the child of an elder but i i really do think that the church has done a like a pretty good job and i mean at the very least i haven't heard from the pulpit someone saying that you know a trans person is to blame for all the problems in our society but um well that's good yeah i mean i i I mean i've really felt that a lot of the leaders have had a lot of love or Mm, have a lot of love for for a younger generation i mean clearly i mean there's so much like contribution and people just loving on these kids even if yeah. they don't really know how absolutely but um i think maybe just trying to understand kids on a gen- like individual level yeah and that's why i think mentors are so important yes and like it's it makes me so unfortunate to hear about mentors who have like 30 kids yeah when that kind of defeats the purpose of the mentor in, in the first kind of hard yeah yeah because sure. yeah i mean like i love the the leaders for youth and they were super important in my life. But that is almost, not insignificant, but nowhere near the effect that my two mentors had on my life. Mm. Yeah. You know, just the individual support that they were able to have to understand me and know my problems mm. and just love me individually. Mm. Yeah. yeah, And I think the church leaders specifically do a really good job here of locating those resources for some of these kids and being like yeah. these people are really great to talk to about this yeah. like your leaders are here for you like encouraging them to open up about that stuff and like yeah. have those discussions with people um instead of like i don't know dismissing it so totally. i think that they do a really great job of that here they have done a great job all right we're going to transition to some fun rapid fire questions everyone pick up their phone oh, all right what uh what are the um what are the the apps on your home screen? Ooh, all right. I, I have groups though. Well, okay, no, then too. get then give us give us the names of the groups. Oh. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just give like my five like main apps. Yeah, there you go. So, um, Discord, Spotify, Messages, and then um, probably like Safari and. Well, Gmail, because I get so many emails. Yeah. I use so many, but um, my home screen is kind of just like my camera and stuff. But my second screen is like my Instagram, my Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat, Netflix, TikTok, Facebook, messages, like all that stuff. Because I keep it all in the same spot kind of so I can, yeah, like, you know, yeah. That's great. Kira, what's on, what's on your home screen? 
Um, well, if, uh, if anyone listened to the, I think it was the last podcast, I kind of talked about how I really am not a fan of technology. So I try to keep it really low key <laughs> with the social media. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say I'm a big fan of Pinterest. I love Pinterest so much. Me too. Um, but other than that, yeah, occasionally I have Instagram. All my friends make fun of me cause I basically download it to post something and I'll keep it for like a few days and I immediately delete it. Um, so it's always on and off, but that's basically all I have social media wise. All right, what's the number one show you're watching right now on streaming? Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh, boy. I love that show. Uh, it's pretty good I one. am knees deep in Grey's Anatomy right now. Okay. Nice. So nice. That's where I'm at. Um, I watched a pretty dark one right now, but I'm trying out the the Handmaid's Tale. Um, I don't know if I could recommend that one, but it's pretty good. We'll we'll edit that out later. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No editing. Uh, what are your top two or three artists? Bands that you're listening to or artists? Oh, that's the hardest question you could ask me. Right now or for all time? No, like just right now. Like what's kind of hot in your, on your playlist or kind of, you know, in, in your, you know, on your phone. <laughs> this, this is kind of funny, but, um, Weezer. Yeah. I, I, I know. I just, I love their, uh, okay. Human album. I just, I can't get enough of it. And mm. then, um, Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Always and forever. And then, um, Porter Robinson, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Um, I am really into Yeba right now, and not yeah. a lot of people know about her. Oh, she's but amazing. she's incredible, and I really like her a lot. Um, yes. And then Brandy Carlisle, I just saw in concert a few weeks ago, and I grew up listening to her, but her voice is incredible too. And I, I've been listening to them too, like so much these past few weeks. Oh wow, so, nice, yeah. Kira. For me, honestly, I've kind of been lacking good like new music, so I can't really say any artists, but um, I've been loving like old school gospel music and then mm. also like soul. So yes. any old or new, both, I, I love. All right, last question. What is the one thing that happened during the pandemic that you hope will continue to stay the same? Like one thing that changed because of the pandemic that you hope will continue to, to stay the same? Very interesting. Honestly, actually, surprisingly, so many things for me. And it's actually been something I've been kind of sad about because I feel like people are forgetting and I feel like I'm not forgetting. But um, I just want, like, I don't know about, like, the lockdown, but just for the pandemic, I feel like social interactions were so important to people. And it just had so much weight, like, just seeing someone in person and be able to give them a hug. And I know this sounds weird, but kind of just, like, sharing their germs. Like, it's, like, just, it was such a cool experience because you're, like, I haven't seen you in forever. And uh, I feel like that's going away again. I feel like people are on their phones again. Taking it for granted. Yeah. And that Mm. makes me sad. So I I wish that would come back or stay the same. Yeah. I think for me, like, materialistic-wise, like, places having hand sanitizer everywhere is (laughs) super awesome. That's (laughs) weird. Also, the availability of masks for people who want to wear them at, mm. like, all these different places. Like, okay, yeah. there have been mm. people that, like, have to buy their own. And I think it's cool for places to, like, have them if you need True, them. true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I got to spend a lot of time with family, which mm. is great. Mm. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is very selfish, but I mean, not a lot of my friends were doing anything. So yeah. we just got to hang out a lot, which That's was great. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now, I mean, everyone's busy, which yeah. which is fair, and I'm I'm glad that people are able to do things that they want to do. But totally. I do miss hanging out with my friends like consistently every week, yeah, potentially multiple yeah, times. Nice. And that was not during the lockdown; that was post lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pre, you know, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing. Um, we love you guys. We love your generation because one day we will hand you the keys and uh, we want to be able to hand it to a, a generation that's faithful, um, but just a chance to be able to love in you guys and really as much as we can understand you, but really how do we love you? How do we walk beside you? Cause we want, as our goal is to continue to disappoint you to Jesus and um, for us to love him uh, and love each other faithfully. But uh, thank you so much uh, for those of you listening. We hope this has um, been encouraging and hopefully insightful and maybe a little entertaining, but we love you. We thank you um, for those at redemption church gateway and in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.